Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. And this morning, I'm going to talk about prayer. You know, as we see, prayer has been a key focus as we come to the end of the month. There is no doubt God wants us to focus on prayer. You know, most of the time when we think about prayer, we pray for our needs. We pray for our family's needs. And we go a little more further to pray for our church. And at times we pray for our parents, our you know, beloveds, and sometimes even our friends. We pray for them when they go through difficult times. But this morning, I believe God is asking us to pray. God is calling us to pray. So I thought I would talk about this morning a prayer by name, intercession. Intercessory prayer. So I'd like to title my message as God Seeks Intercessors. God Seeks Intercessors. Can you say intercessors? Sometimes you know, we're finding it difficult to say, pronounce that word. Intercessors? Intercessors? Can you say intercession? Intercession? You know, even I had, I, I find it difficult at times, and uh, you know, I see come across people. Yesterday we, were, we had a beautiful man of God, uh, Pastor Luke Poirier, and he was translating me. And uh, he was just, you know, when I, when I was just fast, as usual, so when I said intercession, he was just struggling to get that word out of him, you know, because, you know, French word may be different, and uh, they're not used to it, so it, it, it is tough. Can you say again, intercession? Yes. Okay, right, so good. So what is intercession? This morning, we want to understand what is intercession. So intercessory prayer or intercession, what does it really mean? Intercession is simple, you know, when we pray for someone, when we pray on behalf of somebody, it is known as intercession. It is mediating or pleading for another person. You know, most of the time we pray for our needs, and the moment it comes when we need to pray for someone else, you know, it takes an energy from us, really, to pray for somebody else. Intercession also means intercepting or stopping the enemy's plans in their lives. And the enemy has an agenda in their lives. And when you intercede for somebody, you are stopping enemy's plan in their lives. It is also an attempt that we make to rescue the souls. How many of you know that souls are perishing, by the way? Any of you know souls are perishing? Nobody knows? Not in the church? Outside, certainly. Souls are dying? Yes? No? I expect a response from you, yes? Souls are dying? Are you sure? Souls are perishing? What does it mean when you say souls are perishing? Souls are going into the eternal hell. So souls are going into the eternal hell. Do we really care about that? Yes? What is the primary objective of our existence? The primary purpose of our existence. Can you say one of you? Can you stand and say one of you? What is the primary reason we exist on this earth? As a church. Preach to preach the gospel. 
Any other answer? Anybody wants to stand? Please stand and say. Sorry? Save the souls. To pre- good, thank you. Good, preach the gospel and save the souls so that the souls will not go into the eternal hell. Hell is for sure. Heaven is for sure. We all want to go to? Oh. We all want to go to? A little more louder. We all want to go to? Are you sure? We are all on the journey to? Now somebody is saying that, no, 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 no. I want to be here. On this earth. I want to enjoy. I just recently bought a car. I just recently bought a house. I just recently got married one year ago. I just want to be here for some more time. I just got recently married 23 years ago. So I just want to be here for some more time. I want to just enjoy the world. I'm not going to go to heaven. Right? We have a reason why we say that. Because we, we invested in certain things. We don't want to go to heaven. But ultimately we need to end up in heaven, not in hell. So this morning we are talking about what is intercession. Intercession is also at making an attempt to deliver the souls. So that souls may not go into the eternal hell. You know, today we may not realize that God loves intercessors. God has a special place in his heart for people, those who are interceding, those who are standing in the gap for somebody. God loves intercessors. Can you repeat that after me? God loves intercessors. You know, not because they are somebody superior than someone else. Just because they are able to intercede. Because they are able to cry out to God on behalf of somebody. You know, God passionately deserves... That we partner with God in this initiative of intercession. This morning what I'm sharing with you, you know, it is really from the deepest part of my heart. God wants us to partner with him in this initiative that God wants us to take it further. And this morning I just want to give a little bit of highlight from the Bible on what is intercession and what kind of God our God is. You know, what is his expectation in this topic as we deal with this? Number one... God is seeking for intercessors. Can you say that with me? God is seeking for intercessors. You know, anybody else, like we may be seeking for many different things as we live on this earth. God is seeking for something and what he is seeking for? God is seeking for intercessors. Bible says, we are watchmen. I want to read the scripture from Isaiah chapter 62 verse 6. Isaiah 62 6 says, I have set watchmen on your walls. O Jerusalem, they shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Watchmen. Have you come across watchmen? What is their duty? They sit awake day and night to make sure the house is protected. Or the business is protected. Or the country or the city is protected. You know, protecting the city is the responsibility of a watchman. And God says, you and I are called as watchmen. You know, we are called as watchmen. We are supposed to protect. And God also says, you are called as an intercessor. Isaiah 59, 16, Bible says, he saw that there was no man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, His own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness, it sustained him. 
You know, God looked for somebody who can intercede, who can pray on behalf of somebody. You know, this morning as we share, when we talk about intercessor, God has a special heart for somebody who can intercede, somebody who can pray for somebody. You know, it is, a, it is an expectation of God that we need to be able to pray for someone else. God also says, you are an upholder. Isaiah 63, 5 says, I looked, but there was no one to help. And I wondered there, that there was no one to uphold. God was looking for somebody who can uphold. Somebody who can, you know, take something and hold it. Somebody who can pray for somebody holding them together. You know, there are families going through difficult times. You know, on the other day, I think, you know, when uh, Sharon, and, uh, Sharon was admitted in the hospital, by the way, Sharon delivered a baby boy. Baby boy. So, you know, uh, some of you would have prayed for her and that family. God bless them. You know, when such situation comes, that, 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 that is in your mind always. You take that wherever you go. Okay, somebody is in the hospital. Somebody is going through a time of sickness. Somebody is going, to, going through a difficult moment. God expects us to pray for them. God expects us to think about them, what they are going through in their life. It's not all about us. It's not every time. It's not about what we have and what we need. It is also about somebody. One who takes hold of God. Isaiah 64, 7 says, And there is no one who calls you on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. You know, intercession is taking hold of God. Taking hold of God, what does it mean? Just praying to God and telling God, Lord, you need to do this, Lord. I love my brother, Lord, the same way I love myself. And he's or she's going through a tough time. Lord, do it for her. Do it for him. Taking hold of God. One who stands in the gap, Ezekiel says, in Ezekiel 20 to 30, so I sought for a man. God says, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. You know what? What is your responsibility and my responsibility? To stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. Where is the gap? A holy God and people who are living in wickedness that's where the gap is. Holy God, people who are living in wickedness. Holy God, people are not able to come to God because they think that you know, they are living in their wickedness. They are so sinful. What is your role today? Not to come and not, not to always worship and rejoice in the Lord. But your responsibility is to stand in the middle between God and man. You know what exactly Jesus did? He was hanging at the cross as a mediator between God and a sinful man and woman like us. That's what exactly Jesus did. And that is the expectation of God in our lives once Jesus was taken up into the heaven that you and I are called to stand in the middle of a holy God and an unclean man. You know, today somebody walks into this place, somebody walks into your life and you don't really like him, you really hate him because he's not a godly man, he's not a godly person. He always hates God. What is our reaction? If we are true intercessors, if we are the one who is standing in the gap, you try to bridge the gap by standing in the middle and telling, God loves you. God loves you. God is seeking for a person like you. You are so precious to God. You look ugly. What you do, it, it, it doesn't really in, in line with the Bible. Forget it. But you are so precious. Are we able to find life 
Are we able to consider him? Are we able to attach him to the holy God? That's the reason Jesus came to this world. To do exactly. I looked ugly. So ugly. And because Jesus died for me, today I'm able to come and praise God. And many people, they look ugly in their lives. Are we able to stand in the gap, introducing them to the holy God? You know, God doesn't really hate them. God loves. We may hate them, but God loves. You know, that's the secret. That's the reason we see today many of them, you know, men and women of God who are used by God. And a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago, they were just living in the streets. The nights they are drunk so much they are not able to get up. They were just living in the streets. There are testimonies. Because God loves them. We hated them. We cursed at them. And we said, you know, do not walk into my doorsteps. Don't come on my way. Don't come to our church because our church is so holy. Don't come to our church. But God loved them. He picked them up from that place. And he lifted them up. God is looking for somebody who can stand in the gap. God seeks intercessors. There are 49 million people already died in this year alone. If you go to the population clock, you'll know. 49 million people already died in this world. Majority of them went to the hell without Christ. Without Christ. God is seeking for intercessors. God is seeking for intercessors. You know, many times we take all of our effort, we put all of our effort, maybe in a Christmas uh, event or some other event, thinking that we can introduce somebody to Christ. You know, many times such a big estimate or big, big budget will go in vain if we do not really pray about it. If we do not really intercede before such things happen. Many times missionaries are sent to the land, but the missionaries are not able to do anything in the land. Because there is nobody who is praying for them. They are sending, but without prayer. Without prayer. The effort that we put in God's kingdom, at times it goes waste. Intercession is important. God is seeking for intercessors. As I said, there is no special calling for intercessors. All are called to intercede. All are called to pray. But those who obey the call of God and willing to pray, they are certainly special Christians. God honors them because God loves them so much. So there is a third magnitude that we need to open our eyes at times to see the power of intercession. To see the power of intercession. You know, God wants us to know our position. What is our position in Christ? What is our position in Christ? Sorry? What is our position in Christ? Sons, daughters, okay. Sons and daughters. Then? Sorry? Disciples, followers, child of God. What else? Somebody said something. Sorry? Intercessor, okay. Any other answer? 1 Peter 2.9 says, let's have the scripture. 1 Peter 2.9, Bible says... But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. There are two things. One is royal and other one is priesthood. Royal refers to king. And priesthood refers to the priest. So in the New Testament, every believer is a king and a priest. What is the responsibility of a priest? 
What is the response? I think I'm changing my message today. What is the responsibility of the priests? Priest goes to God. Priest is preaching. Okay, <laughs> that's a New Testament role maybe for a priest. In the Old Testament, priests will go to the presence of the Holy God, right? He's so afraid. He'll go and he will sacrifice. He will take the blood of the sacrifice and he goes into the presence of the living God and he sprinkles that blood in the, all the articles in the temple of God or in the tabernacle. And he, his responsibility is to carry the sins of the people and go and ask God for forgiveness. So priest's responsibility is basically in the Old Testament. He's standing between man and God. Man and God. What is the responsibility of a king? King's responsibility is to rule the nation. If somebody is coming against the nation, will that king be silent? Will that king will be sleeping at the corner? I like that, sleeping at the corner. Right? Today, somebody, people are sleeping at the corner, like Jonah did. Correct? So will the king be silent if somebody is coming against the nation? No, he's not going to be silent. He's going to fight. Two responsibilities. Kings and the priests. You know, that's where the intercession is. Now God wants us to stand in front of him, in front of the holy God, representing somebody who is standing far behind you, who is not able to walk into the presence of God because he thinks that he is so sinful. Somebody who is standing very far and God is looking at you. God is looking at you and me. Can somebody go and tell him, God loves you. God loves you. Can somebody go and tell him, Jesus loves you. You have a life that I could see with my eyes. When you come to the presence of God, God is going to cleanse you and he's going to wash you. He's going to bring you out of the situation that you are in today. Can you be that tool? Can you be that person who stands in the middle? Priest's responsibility. King's responsibility is to fight. Bible says, I just want to take you straight away to the scripture now. Bible says, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verses 12 and 13. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 12 and 13. Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly place. Wickedness in the heavenly place. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand that evil day and having done all this to stand. Now, king's responsibility is to fight. You know, as a king and as a queen too, some of us sitting here look like real queens. How many queens here? Yes? Nobody? We have queens here? Yes? Yes? We have queens here. Thank God. Right? Kings and queens, responsibility is what? To fight. And where is our fight? Our fight is with spiritual strongholds, principalities, against powers, against the rulers. When you want to bring somebody to Christ, it's not the ugly thing that we see in this life, but there are powers behind. There are darkness behind. There are areas of areas of demonic oppression in her life or in his life. That's the reason he or she is not able to come to Christ. And as God has given us authority, 
to come against those powers that are holding his life. How many of you have seen that, some of your friends, going through that struggle? They want to come out of it, right? Students especially. Your fellow students, they want to come out of it, but they are not able to come out of it. So there is a power behind. There is an evil, oppressing power behind. Scripture talks about that power as various kinds of power. It is the power of demon. It is the power of antichrist. It, it, it is the power of the prince of the air. So there is so much of evilness happening. Evil powers are behind every individual. And as a king, your responsibility is to fight for them. And to release freedom in their lives. How do we fight for that? In prayer. In intercession. Now God is telling us this morning that it is time that we need to start praying for somebody. Praying for somebody in our lives. When we can pray for somebody, when we have the heart of God. We cannot just go and pray. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like praying for ourselves. Then how do we feel like praying for others? When we want to pray for others, we need the heart of God. Our attitudes, hot attitude is important. We need the burden for souls. You know, we all said that souls are perishing, right? We all said that souls are dying. Souls are going into hell. And we need that burden in our heart. If we do not have that burden, we don't feel like praying for others. Do we have a burden for others? Do we have the burden for souls? You know, this is a question that you need to ask in you, with the new. Do you really worry about somebody? Do you really worry about some people dying who are dying? If that burden is not felt in your heart, I would say you need to check your relationship with Christ. That burden is not going to come being just being a Christian. No, it's not going to come. That burden will come in your heart when you know the heart of God. How do we know the heart of God? When you walk closer with God. An intercessor should be able to walk closer with God. You know, there are many things we can make up. We can make up many things, including a sermon. We can make up a sermon and come and preach and go. We can make up a song. We can come and preach and go, preach, uh, sorry, sing and go. We can do many things. But we really cannot really make up an intercession. Intercessor is the one who kneels down and forget about what is happening in her life or his life. Worrying about crying to God for somebody. If you do not have that burden in your heart, you cannot, obviously you cannot really pray. We need to have the love for others. I'm not talking about the loving, loving each other. Forget it. It's enough that we loved enough each other. Love for somebody who is dying outside. You know, do we have that love for somebody? Someone walks into that building. Someone walks into your life, in your workplace. Do you really love that person? Do you really love? Jesus said you need to love your neighbors. You need to love your enemies. You know, this morning, we need to ask the heart of God. We need to ask the heart of God. When you want to intercede for others, we need to have the heart of Christ. And when we really intercede, when we really cry out to God for somebody, this is what will happen. This is what will happen. You know, at times we will not be able to do it by our strength. We pray to God. As we read in the Ephesians, we need to wear the armor of God. Because it is a spiritual fight. When you get ready for the spiritual fight, you need to prepare yourself. You need to pray. You need to have in, in, you need to, your life has to be in line with God. 
And you need to wear the armor of God. That means you need to know the word of God. And you need to have your salvation. Everything that scripture is talking about as the armor of God. And we protect ourselves. And we get into a mode of prayer to fight for somebody. You know, that prayer works. That prayer works. We have seen in our life. And I'm sure some of you have seen in your life too. That prayer works. You know, some of you would have, been in a, you would have, you would have escaped from an accident because somebody thought of you in a prayer. Something had not happened in your life because somebody prayed for you and God prompted them to pray for you. And today it has not happened in your life because somebody prayed. We know that it is a fight. And when we want to do that, we cannot really do it by our strength. We need the heaven to help us. You know, any intercession when you try to make just by yourself, it's not going to work. You need the heaven to help you. You need the blessing of the heaven, help of the heaven. Now, Jesus was interceding. You know, when Jesus was interceding, the burden of the Father was poured into his heart. I want to read the scripture, Hebrew 5, 7. Bible says, Hebrew, in Hebrew 5, 7, Jesus, in the days of his flesh, listen to this, when he had offered a prayer and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from the death and was heard because of his godly fear. Jesus, when he was on the face of this earth, he was crying out to God with cries and vehement cries and prayers, strong cries and prayer. He was crying out to God. You know, cry is the part of prayer. When you pray for somebody, when you intercede for somebody, when you are filled with the heart of God, obviously you'll start crying. Not for you, not for your blessing, but for somebody. But for somebody. I want to read the scripture, Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26, Bible says, Romans 8.26, scripture says, listen to this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Bible says the Spirit of God helps us to intercede to God. When you want to pray for somebody, when you kneel down and pray for somebody, you know that burden comes in your mind, in your heart, that God is enabling you to pray for somebody. You know, I know it's a little tough, but God is calling the church for the time of intercession Time of intercession. Read the scripture again. Likewise the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? Holy Spirit. Who helps in our weaknesses. What is our weakness? We do not know what we should pray for. God is giving you a burden to pray for somebody, but you don't, need, you don't know what to pray for. And what Bible says? Can you read the remaining scripture? For as we ought... As we want, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. Now, some of us have questions. You know, why I need Holy Spirit? Why I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? It's an obvious question. For this reason, the Spirit Himself, when you're anointed with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God within you makes intercession because you don't know what to pray for. Read that again. For us, with groanings, cry that comes from your heart. Cry that comes from the bottom of your heart. You feel like crying for somebody and praying. From the bottom of your heart. With groanings which cannot be uttered. 
When that cry comes from your heart, you cannot really speak those words. It must be a heavenly language that you speak. Because you are not speaking. The Spirit of God, with groanings, He is just crying out to the Father for somebody. Intercession. We are talking about God seeks intercessors. And this morning I believe God wants us to pray. God wants us to change the way we pray. And God wants us to pray for others. So what can we do? What can we do? Bible very clearly says not praying for somebody, not interceding for others is a sin. It's a sin. For Samuel chapter 12 verse 23. For Samuel 12 23 says that failing to pray for the people, read this scripture, failing to pray for the people living in wickedness is a sin against God. We are sinning against God by not praying for others who are living in wickedness. Now I want to teach that in the church. You know, we think that, you know, we are holy, but we are not. We are sinning because we don't pray for people who are living in wickedness. Do you have five number, five names in your Bible somewhere listed down? If you are not, it's very clear you are not praying for anybody. And God wants you to pray. And it is a sin that we make every day. We make that sin, not praying for people who are living in wickedness. Just want you to hear this. There are many other areas in the Bible that word of God talks. Not praying for somebody is a sin. And I shared this long ago. In Ezekiel chapter 9, we will not go to the detail of it. God is going to mark the forehead of those who pray for others. Ezekiel chapter 9, the whole chapter, just please go and read at home. Ezekiel chapter 9, it talks about intercession. God is going to mark those foreheads. Those who worry about what is happening in the land. And those who pray to God. Those who cry out on behalf of the land. And God says, the rest of it who are not marked, destroy them. Kill them. You know, that is a punishment that is going to, and the scripture is very clear if you can read that, where it is going to start, God says, start that at the church. Scripture is very clear, Ezekiel 9. Start the destruction at the church. Those who are praying for somebody, mark their forehead, slay the remaining. And that, let that start in the church. Scripture is again specific. It also says, start that among the Elders and the leaders of the church. Ezekiel chapter 9. I'm afraid really, I'm afraid. You know the expectation of God in your life is not really to you know, make you as a spiritually matured man or woman of God. That's not the expectation. The expectation of God in your life is just to walk down in the streets like a normal man. And tell somebody that Jesus loves you. I was like you one day, and today I am good because of Jesus, the love that I experience in him. That's the life that God expects. That's the life that God is pleased with. God is seeking for intercessors. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swaminathan at balan at hibm.org. God bless you.